We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 78904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 5.30 on the dot on the East Coast, 2.30 on the West Coast, 4.30 Tennessee time, which, of course, that means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. Joining me today, out of the bullpen, actually, we had a late scratch. Uh, Boggs was 86. To, unfortunately, he was unable to make it. But thank you, Stevie. Uh, you saved the people out there watching because they didn't want to hear me yammer for an hour. Uh, thank you for jumping in. Much appreciated. How are, how are things in your world? Well, I felt like I was a company man, so I figured I should help out. Um, and I also felt really bad because, like, I was the one, like, preaching Fade McCullers yesterday. And um, while he didn't score, like, a million fantasy points, he crushed. And I got crushed personally. So I felt like um, I needed to come back and redeem myself. And, like, we have a show again tomorrow. Like, I'm on Thursday, too. So, like, I get I get plenty of chances to redeem myself this week. I got a show tomorrow in baseball? Pretty sure we have a show tomorrow. Maybe it's Thursday. I, I was know. just getting like uh, I was getting a little self conscious because like it was thrown out there and like, and like hey who could pick up a show today like five minutes go by ten minutes go by and like nobody responded it's like dude what is it me what did I say what did I do uh, but yeah thank you for jumping in and much my, my ego was getting chattered there for a second uh, hey I like working with you Dean like we have a podcast coming up together later this month like I like working with Mr Dean yeah it's it's good times for sure I'm I'm happy to you know look. Uh, my, <laughs> it's, it, it, I was just for a second there. I was like, well, did I do something wrong? Does nobody want to, nobody wants to play with me. Uh, speaking of our ego, Hey, hit the like button on YouTube. How do you like that for a segue? Like and subscribe. Much appreciate that. We'll do our best to knock out your questions as the show progresses or with you for the next, I guess, 48 minutes. If you want to get all technical, of course we yield to crunch time, which I believe today is Cardi and Mr. Tuttle along with Kevin Roth, chief meteorologist. Roth will tell you what's going on weather-wise. I don't think there's anything as far as like a potential postponement, but uh, there is some hot games out there. Of course, if anything changes, they'll give you the most up-to-date update there. Uh, I did not get a chance to do this, but and of course, yesterday you talked yesterday and for a second, Stevie, we love the role of uh, you know daily fantasy sports. We don't care about tomorrow. We don't care about today. Today, wait, we love today. We care about today. We don't care about yesterday. Yesterday was a disaster for me for baseball as well too. Uh, I gave the people Gibson. I played Gibson, I think, in every lineup I played. Uh, we talked about that roof being open, by the way. I'm not sure if you saw it. Lewis had a homer that kind of scraped it over the wall, and I was just like, man, 
that roof was closed. It's dying on the warning track, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. But Calhoun's triple would have died on the warning track too. That ball carried forever. Um, so like it, it kind of went both ways, but you know, a couple of those home runs that were hit, like Kyle Seeger's grand slam. That was a, that was a shot. Like it was gone. Roof closed, roof open. Didn't matter. Well, I didn't play uh, Calhoun in Texas, unfortunately. So uh, it got me both ways. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know he was super popular uh, on Fandle, and I, I just didn't – I had a, a pinch of him, but I did not land on him, unfortunately. It just didn't – it was not a good baseball day for me. But, hey, again, you know what? Yesterday doesn't matter. Uh, we talked about, about the Washington weather, though. Like, that was a low-owned stack, and we talked about how Weather Edge was, like, really pumping that game, and, like, Washington scored, what, 16 runs? So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to – I mean, look, I don't play enough lineups uh, where I'm going to get as Drupal Cabrera, like, coverage, unless – he just kind of lands into me as a last man in, and he, like everything else works perfectly. But good, good for him. He banged out a couple of homers. Uh, I'm sure somebody stacked Washington yesterday and won a bunch of money. Congratulations to him uh, or, or her. Uh, let's see. I stacked what? Washington, didn't have Cabrera, so like we could look at it that way too. <laughs> yeah, like who plays as Drupal Cabrera in 2020, man? Uh, Not me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And you know, congratulations. Turner was a great play. I think he had a jack in a bag. If I'm not mistaken, bang one out, swipe the bag as well too. But Again, let's talk about tonight. Big slate, mega slate. Max Scherzer's the king. He's in his own tier. We'll talk about him in a second. Before we do that, Stevie, give me a – well, tell the people what Sharpside is and give the people a Sharpside winner. Yeah, Sharpside is an awesome app, um, you know, for, you know, locking in stuff. We got the streak going over there on uh, Sharpside right now where you guys – we're trying to help you guys win some money over there on FanDuel. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, I got my current streak is up to three. I, I took the Houston over on the show yesterday. Um, I, I already had locked mine in from the morning grind. Um, at uh, I like the Cubs a lot today. So I took the Cubs money line today. Um, it's gone. It was one thirty when I did the podcast last night. Um, I locked it in at minus one ten, and I think it's back to plus one ten right now. So um i like the cubs money line today so like if you want to keep you know riding along with me on my streak and um, hopefully i can keep you guys going here so um i'm up to three i'm hoping to make it four uh today with the cubs oof john lester uh they're minus 110 what i'm seeing right now i'm not sure what it says in the sharp side app and in order for it to qualify you can't just pick the most egregious favorites in order to get that streak going it's got to be minus 140 or less uh try to take advantage of it and get those minus 140s minus 130s you like but you can't, uh, you know, bet Max Scherzer today in Washington at, what, what is it, minus 170 or something like that. That would not work for your streak. And, again, it doesn't cost you anything. And uh, I believe once you hit five, uh, you start getting yourself some FanDuel dollars. Give me the screenshot as far as uh, this slate, Stevie. Again, a ton of games. We have another Coors game. One, like, legitimate pitcher in Coors. I think Zach Allen is good. Uh, it's interesting to me that he's just a coin toss here against Kyle Freeland. I understand that, that, you know, there's some boppers in that Colorado side, but I think Zach Allen is distinctly better than Kyle Freeland. Uh, Chorus game and everything else, uh, what are you seeing? Listen, like, I feel like pitching today is a very tight group for me. Um, Like, I was all in on Dustin May yesterday. It didn't work out. That doesn't mean that I'm not going back to, like, a Ross Stripling today. Um, love Max Scherzer um, against the Mets. The weather is really good hitting weather again um, mm-hmm. in, in New York today. So we have like three or four games where Weather Edge is telling us like the runs should really increase because of weather. So that's one of them. Um, you know, you have Zach Wheeler, you have Dylan Bundy, you have these guys at the top. Um, I feel like today the ownership is really going to be Scherzer, Wheeler, Bundy, Stripling, and I think we see some ownership on like Marco Gonzalez um, in that Seattle Texas game, and Josh Lindblom. If you're if you're punting, like he's super cheap, so I think people are going to be looking at him as well. Yeah, you don't really want to pick on Minnesota, but he is pretty cheap. Uh, he's looked all right. Came over from the KBO. He was pretty solid as there over there too. He's got a collection of pitches. He's got like uh, six or seven different pitches in his arsenal. Uh, you know his repertoire. A lot, a lot of pitches to throw out there. I'm not sure if he's been busting them all out. I know over there. In the KBO, he was just throwing all sorts of stuff. Uh, he's not somebody that's going to overpower you, but he's got a pretty interesting pitch mix. Uh, I am pulling up. I'm trying to find it here on the fly. My computer, we were talking about this pre-show, Stevie. My computer is failing me once again. Man, I was told Max were, like, amazing. Why is this thing dying on me after, like, two years? Stevie, I love mine. mine. Mine works great. Well, mine is going super slow, and that's all I care about <laughs> because it's mine. 
Uh, I'm pulling up the weather edge right now. If you happen to have it in front of you, feel free to jump in front of me. Uh, as far as the Mets game, you, you referenced a couple games that are sort of popping from a weather perspective, and that is one of them. Right? Is that, that That's what I saw at least as of 20 minutes ago. I assume things have not changed. Yeah, plus 28% home run, plus 25% total runs in that Mets game. Um, so that one stood out to me. The Phillies um, stand, was standing out to me as well. Uh, it's plus 23 home runs, plus 17% total runs in general. So um, big, big weather here. Like, you know, the Detroit Tigers-Chicago White Sox game was the third one that had like plus 20%. So three real big potential weather um, spots that, that the weather can kind of help us. And I was talking to Kevin Roth yesterday, um, joking around with him that like I had highlighted weather edge in um, Washington on lineup HQ. And he was like, it's literally perfect hitting conditions in Washington yesterday. So um, like we're looking at some really good spots here um, as far as like weather goes. Look at you name dropping, man. You get to talk to Kevin Roth. You got like a direct link to him. Yeah, yeah, the same link that you have um, called our work Slack, you know, <laughs> the same place where nobody would like pick up the show. And I like, I hey, Dean, I'll work with you, buddy. I like you. Yeah, I'm always I'm, I can only take so much uh, rejection in a day. Maybe tomorrow I'll contact him or something like that. Uh, <laughs> we have Buffalo going down. It's not on the slate. But I'm just kind of curious how that plays out. Uh, Toronto is playing in Buffalo against Miami. It's at 637. I just like it. You know, just kind of keep an eye on that as far as that Buffalo ballpark. It could be weird. It could be funky. All right. So Max Scherzer, it's not even close. He's in his own world as far as this slate. There's no other like ace. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy's been pitching like it. We'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, the pedigree of Scherzer now, of course, Scherzer this year has had a couple hiccups. Last time out, if you want to poke some holes, let's poke some holes. Right. You want to find a reason not to play him. Last time out, he went one inning, uh, had an ankle issue, never really came, uh, didn't come back out. That was 10 days ago. He's well rested. It's not an arm. It's a leg. Or an ankle, if you want to go all specific and technical, and I can't imagine. I didn't see the clip, but like you know how animated he gets and how angry he is and how much he's into the game. I, he must have really been barking when he came out of that game. It was not. A, I'm sure he was not a happy camper about it. But uh, if you want to say that there's some sort of red flag about that, I, he had a bullpen that supposedly went fine. And then you mentioned before, as far as the weather, and there is some power bats, of course, on that uh, on that net side. I guess I'm just trying to ask, why would we not play Max Scherzer? And those are the two reasons I think, and of course, lineup construction, yada yada ownership and all those kind of things but i love max i'm gonna have more than everybody else which means i probably have 100 percent. well i guess i can't have more than the person that, that locks him in but i i don't care i'm not i'm not concerned it's max scherzer his strikeout rate is so much better than everybody else uh there are there's a pile of lefties in there which you kind of prefer righties righties with scherzer as far as the case split he strikes out 39.1 percent of righties as opposed to 29.3 is really good as far as lefties but uh can you talk me out of max scherzer how concerned are you we're just gonna hit that lock button uh, I'm not concerned at all. Like, you know, some of these lefties at the bottom of the order, they're bad. Um, so like, I, I'm, I don't think it's something that you really need to be too concerned with. I said this on the podcast, like if Scherzer wasn't ready, he wouldn't be pitching today. Like it, it, that's how I feel. Um, they're not going to risk like their best arm because of like trying to get ready and to go here. So like if Scherzer wasn't ready, he wouldn't be pitching. So I love Scherzer today. I'm right there with you. I think he's like your clear cut top option on the slate. Like Zach Wheeler on paper looks good. Like against Baltimore, like the upside seems really solid. And then like you start like digging into like the weather and stuff. And like some of these Baltimore bats, um, like Nunez and these guys like have some power and you know, it's Wheeler is really good against righties and there's quite a bit of righties in this lineup and quite a bit of guys that strike out in this lineup. So like, He's an interesting, like, tournament pivot off of Scherzer and Bundy, but I think, like, that's the only reason you're potentially looking at these guys. Yeah, so let's put Wheeler against Bundy, which I think is an interesting conversation, and I'm trying to – I'm considering going double barrel. Uh, Dylan Bundy, uh, life comes at you fast. He's 9.7K on, on DK, second most expensive expensive pitcher on the board. No, he's third. I have Scherzer in my lineup, my dummy lineup. So, yeah, he's 9.7K. Wheeler at 9.9, almost five figures. Uh, Bundy, of course, massive, massive pedigree, number one pick years ago, and he had all sorts of issues. Maybe he's all of a sudden putting it all together. He's going to face mostly righties there in that Oakland lineup outside of uh, Olsen, uh, which is ideal. Uh, if you're going to if you're going to pick one or the other, forget Scherzer or you're going you know two two pitcher site. Is it Wheeler or is it Bundy, and why? Right now it's Bundy. Like I don't know what 
like I've been trying to figure out like what the biggest change from like this year and last year is for him outside of like scenery change. Um, and the biggest thing is like, he is telling right-handed hitters hit my slider. Like he's throwing his slider over 50% of the time. And it was around 36, 37% last year. So his slider is really good. Um, he has a massive whiff rate on it, almost a 59% whiff rate. And like, he's just not, going out there to right-handed hitters and saying like, here, here's my fastball, take it and hit it over the fence. Like he did last year a lot. So I don't know if it's pitching coach catcher combination, new team, but obviously the angels saw something to bring Bundy in and what they've seen so far is it's working. So I prefer Bundy over Wheeler. I think it's slightly, um, but it's more of just like, Let's see what the lineup looks like, but they should throw a lot of righties with Chapman, Kana, Lorano, um, Simeon. Like they're going to throw a bunch of righties at Bundy, and this team's actually not really good against sliders. So the strikeout upside for Bundy in this spot's fantastic. Yeah, projected lineup is four lefties with Olsen, the big bopper, you know, the switch hitter, and Grossman, Kemp, and Allen. Really, no punch in those bats at all. Uh, they also, uh, you know, they strike out a pretty good bit as well too, twenty three point seven percent collectively. Four of those five at the top of the order, not Simeon, but two through five, all strike out at least 23.7% uh, the last two years versus righties. Uh, and, you know, as far as the other side, we already talked about the weather. I don't know if we touched on the weather or the heat there in Philadelphia. That's more so for those Philadelphia bats. It's kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, if you're going to have to pick between these two, I will take, uh, you know, and also that Baltimore lineup's not good, kind of punchless, but they're much more contact heavy than that Oakland lineup as well, too. So uh, hotter. Uh, less upside as far as strikeouts. Uh, Wheeler at 22.9% as far as his K rate. That's not, you know, that's the last two seasons. Nothing, nothing really special there. Uh, I, I agree with you. Is Long story short, I will take Bundy over Wheeler. I know Bundy is just 24% the last two years, but he's also seen some growth as well too, which I believe in. Uh, I, I, buy, I buy what's going on. Maybe not this amazing. Uh, and I believe he did face Oakland earlier this year and kind of shut them down. I think it was Oakland and Seattle twice. If I'm not mistaken, that's the lineup she's faced so far. Uh, so if I'm picking between those two, I'll take Bundy and then Wheeler. Uh, Miner's next. You cannot play Miner at 9-6. That's ridiculous. Uh, they're talking about pulling back some pitches on him. He's not going to go particularly deep and, you know, cost for pitch. Cannot do it. I know Seattle we want to pick on, but I cannot see Miner going beyond like five or six fielder free and the jump in. Lester, I mean, it falls off the table really fast. Lester, I like Zach Gallon. I prefer Zach Gallon more so on Fandle because he's – you know, the, the price shopping is like 7-1 over there as opposed to 8-6 on DK. I think he still can get there. Uh, really good arm, terrible ballpark, obviously. Fires, you know, it's how many of his home – how many of his five balls go over the park? How many die in the warning track? Uh, he can give up three or four homers in the first inning. It wouldn't shock me. Or he can give up no homers and go seven and, you know, strike out three guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm not playing him either way. Stop me when any of these guys are interesting to you, Stevie. It sounds like nothing is popping. Tucson. I will. I will. I'll stop you really quick. I think Mike Miner is in play on Fanduel. Um, he is much cheaper over there on Fanduel. I think he's an interesting like tournament play. I think you're playing Bundy or Scherzer over there in cash games. You're probably playing Scherzer. There's some cheap bats over there like Schwarber and some guys. But um, yeah, like Lester's pitching to contact. Zach Gollin, I'm a huge fan, but I'm not playing him in cores. He stunk in cores last year too um Mike Fires is pitched to contact that uh, you know I think like realistically if you're looking at anybody um you know it's it's Tuki Toussaint and Ross Stripling Toussaint's going to be sub five percent owned um and like this lineup came out it's very right-handed heavy outside of like Hicks Ford and Gardner so Tuki Toussaint has some really strong upside when he's facing righties um a lot of these Yankees bats hit the ball on the ground most of the time so they tend to do better against like fly ball pitchers and Toussaint's more of a ground ball pitcher. So his biggest can, his biggest thing is walks. Like he will try to work counts and like it rocks up his pitching um, pitch number and stuff like that. So like he's large field tournaments. Like you're playing one of these like large field tournaments, like Tuki Toussaint is a guy nobody's going to play today and he's interesting. But if you're not playing like double barrel, like Dean was talking about with like a Bundy Scherzer, I think it's Scherzer Stripling. Um, the more I look into Stripling, the more I liked him in this spot. I wrote him up in lineup HQ today um, as a value option on DraftKings. Like it, it's just a good spot. 
Yes, I, I will say like the Padres overall, their lineup is better, but this guy throws strikes. He's very efficient and his pitch count continues to climb. So they still strike out such a high clip against righties. I think Stripling like has a nice floor um, like to ceiling ratio in this spot. Yeah, Tatis is a monster, but he strikes out 31.5% of the time. Myers, 33% of the time. Hedges uh, in the lineup there, batting eighth, 29%. Collectively, 24.8%. Stripling at 24.4% as far as his K rate. Uh, you know, uh, that's not great, but it's a little bit above average. Uh, by the way, the chat's talking about, they said, you know, what, what, what was this? Did somebody was talking about fade, fade Max and Bundy, in my opinion. Now, okay, let's, let's take that route because, of course, you can do that. My, Whenever you decide that, though, it's like, okay, now you got to play somebody. You can't just say, I'm going to fade those guys. And the pool of pitchers is just so bad and so murky. Like, give me the pivots. You, you said Stripling is one of them, and I agree. I think Stripling is kind of interesting. I think Gallon kind of, sort of, somewhat interesting. Uh, yeah, you mentioned on FanDuel specific, I guess you can play minor. I guess he can go five innings. If he's super efficient, maybe six. And he is, like, one of the cheapest guys on the board. But it just falls off a table really, really fast as far as these pitchers. Like, I don't uh, – you know, doing my rankings today, you got to rank eight pitchers, and I had a hard time – I was squeamish about both of them, like most of them in the back half. I was like, I don't know. Gio Gonzalez is like 5K, 5'7", maybe 6K on Fandle, and he's just like the, the worst pitcher to watch pitch when you have him rostered. He labors out there. He, he picks corners. Uh, he needs a pitcher's umpire. He has those 30 pitch innings. He doesn't go deep. Um, I can't get excited about any of these guys. Like that, that's just sort of where I'm at. Alexander's K rate. You see him? No, not his K rate, but uh, his last time out. Uh, it almost looks unbelievable. Like what he did. I don't know if you saw this, Stevie. Last time for Cincinnati, right? Three and two thirds. Three and two thirds. Ten strikeouts. How many pitches? I knew he threw like nine straight strikeouts, right? <laughs> I think it was like nine straight. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, like. I I I don't believe it whatsoever. So you're not selling me on Alexander whatsoever. So oh, I'm just, just saying it's an interesting yeah. factoid. I'm not saying to play him necessarily. No, go ahead. I, I'm I'm you got me intrigued now. What was how many pitches? Well, he he. The point is he struck out ten dudes in three and two thirds and fifty five pitches. Like that's hard to do. Now and then that's the thing is he was pitching amazing and they still stopped him at fifty five. Maybe maybe he gets to seventy. Maybe maybe he gets to seventy. Like that's kind of the know, general yeah. rule. They go up 15, but he was pitching perfect and they took him out at 55 pitches. So yeah, I don't know. He's Harry, not a guy known for K's anyway. He was out of the bullpen in that game. Right. And didn't he work like a couple days before that too? Wasn't that the case? That know, is the case. Wrong. He has not pitched this since the second. Yeah. So like maybe, maybe they're feeling like he could be stretched out a little bit more here um, in a starting role, but overall, like, Anderson's back in that lineup. E5 is back in that lineup. Like this team overall is, is really good against lefties. Like I, I don't mind playing right-handed pitching against the white Sox, but like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to like take a Alexander, like just give me like Marco Gonzalez and hopefully he doesn't get blown up or Josh Limblum or even like a Brandon Bielik, um, Bielak, you know, like against the giants, like give me one of these guys. Don't, don't give me a guy that notoriously has been awful against right-handed pitching again or hitting against nine righties. Yeah. And that's the thing I wanted to point it out as far as the K percent, like that was kind of an anomaly. I just thought it was interesting. That's all. I was just kind of mentioning it, but yeah, 23.5% K rates, nothing special there, obviously. Uh, and versus righties, 21.1% in the last, in the last two years. Like you said, this lineup is going to be, is it all righties, nine righties? I think it is nine righties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, more or less, it's like it's cheap, and if he ekes his way to like twelve or fifteen points, and the bats make up the difference, who cares? Sure. You, you mentioned Marco Gonzalez, and you know he's been good this year, like ERA good, but you know he's also been lucky from a Babbitt perspective. He stinks. Yeah, he does stink, but he's <laughs> like, but he's cheap. Well, he's an innings eater. You know what I mean? He's he's you know, yeah, but not... so is like Martin Perez against a team that is awful against left-handed pitching. Like, go play Martin Perez against Tampa, who has like what um, seven, eight guys over twenty-four percent against left-handed pitching and strikeouts. Like, I like that Martin... Tampa lineup. I think it's I think that Tampa lineup's pretty pretty good actually. But I like the Tampa lineup too. And I'm saying like, if you're going down here, like at least play a little bit of a guy like that has a little bit of upside. Like Tampa, they strike out so much. Like. I don't know. Marco Gonzalez is not my favorite. 
Uh, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like play no. Mike Miner on the other side, maybe like on FanDuel, but like Marco Gonzalez is a guy that doesn't strike anybody out. Like Joey Gallo is my favorite play on the slate, favorite play on the entire slate. Like if you read expert survey, he's up and down on my expert survey today. Joey Gallo is taking Marco Gonzalez deep today. Like just lock that home run in. I'm rocking. I'm reading the chat right now. I'm rocking 35% Porcello. That seems like a terrible idea. With the hot weather and a hot Washington bats, like I'm going to pass on Porcello. Like this is what I was saying at the beginning when we started talking about pitching. I've narrowed my pitching pull down. Like I'm playing Scherzer. I'm playing Bundy. I have some stripling. I'm really trying to talk myself out of playing Tuki Toussaint. Um, And then like, if I'm punting, like I don't like any of these guys. So like, I there's a twenty three hundred dollar second baseman that I'll use instead of a cheap pitcher. Uh Porcello has just got no upside. He doesn't. Actually, I was reading in Cheese's article today. I'm pretty sure he's got a five percent swinging strike. I know it's small sample size and all that, but it doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure it's Porcello five percent swinging strike rate this season. That's that's a that seems bad, and that seems like that that subdues any sort of K upside. Yeah, I mean, I'm if I'm going down there, I'm I'm rostering Marco before I'm considering a guy like Porcello. Sure. Marco Gonzalez has a swinging strike rate under 9%. Like, he's... Oh, gosh. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe Uh, he works out for you. Good luck. I'm not playing him. Lindblom at 5'8 is, you know, again, I have some interest in there. I would imagine... He's in the argument, right? Like, he has Uh to be in the argument. I was going to say, I didn't look at the BBP stuff, but I would imagine most of these guys probably haven't seen him on the Minnesota side or not haven't seen much of him. Even uh, if they did, he's changed so much since he went yeah. to the KBO. He's mi- mixed up – like, he's throwing so much more, like, different stuff. Like, this is a dude that throws a fastball, a cutter, a slider, and mixes in a cutter or a changeup sometimes, too. Like, uh, he's way different than he was. Uh, they're asking about Plutko in the chat, just throwing names out. <laughs> Plutko's not good, um, and he's only in the rotation because other pitchers are uh, are being quarantined on Cleveland, right? Like, didn't Clevenger and somebody else do something – he missed uh, he missed the sharp side segment where I love the Cubs today. Yeah, I, I can't I can't do Plucko. He's a contact guy, but you know, there's not a lot of upside with, with Plucko. Um but like he's another one's guy he can get there if Babbitt's on his side, I suppose. He can kinda eke his way. Uh but I think you I can't and I can it. go and pitch if Babbitt's on our side and get there, but like <laughs> we're we're trying to find out who the best plays are, you know, using all the information that we have and like using the information that we have, like we don't have any extreme pitchers and umpires on the slate. Like we we're paying up a pitcher today. Like Arizona yeah. is so cheap. There's some cheap bats across the industry, like Fanduel. There's some really cheap bats. Like if you want to pay down, just take the floor of like Ross Stripling. Like I think Limblum is in play just because of like his price. Minnesota is a very good team. Up and down. There's not a weak spot in this lineup. Like Buxton might be the weak spot in this lineup. But like even Buxton has a ton of power. So like if you're if you're rolling the dice on anybody, I I, I think he has to be like Limblum, but I, I don't know. Like I I'm crazy. I'm trying to sit over here and like talk myself out of playing Tuki Toussaint. So I don't know. Uh, there are worse plays and uh yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to play Rick Porcello, have at it. What wasn't is that uh am I wrong to say he was once a Cy Young winner? He was, right? Well, yeah, with the Red Sox. Because when his one loss record was like 23 and 6 or he something. He had an insane, like, insane ground ball rate that year and, like, BABIP and everything. Like, he had a really good year just of not getting crushed. But um, the other guy that I, I wanted to mention really quick, just because of, like, it's such a small sample size, but I feel like we're dealing with small sample size all year. Atlanta Braves, Acuna is out of the lineup. He got scratched. Oh, um, I didn't see that. Jordan Montgomery threw 95 pitches against Philly his last time out. Like, that's really high for Jordan Montgomery. This lineup, like, if you just look at, like, 2020 numbers and against, like, left-handed pitching, a team that was one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching last season has been one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. So they're striking out at an alarming rate, like a massive, massive strikeout rate. So, like, if you want to – play a small sample size and take a shot on someone maybe it's jordan montgomery um because like i will really quickly De- devin has control of my screen here i'm gonna pull up 
2020 numbers against left-handed pitching for the the Braves, and you guys can see it. Like you're gonna see on plate IQ, just a, a it's just like a red screen outside of like Adam Duvall. Um, so like maybe he's the guy you take roll the dice and take a shot on. But I hate like a small sample size of like 15 plate appearances. Yeah, but that's what we're dealing with in a 60 game season. What about? Uh, oh, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. Uh, Albies is out too, so that lineup even looks worse. Yeah, he's Ooh. banged up. Yeah. Who uh who replaced Acuna? You take Acuna and Albies out of that Braves lineup, it gets ugly pretty fast. Yeah, you got Freeman and you got Ozuna. You know, there's some pop in the bat for Duvall. Like Darno is a better than better than the average catcher. Nice ballpark they're hitting him, but still, I mean, Riley can run in, the one. In Ciarte replaced him. Yeah, we'll and Swanson's two. hitting leadoff. Darno moved up to the second spot. Well, uh, that's a good segue to catchers. Are we spending up on a guy like Darno? Do we care about Darno? Do, are we just playing our catcher in our stack? Uh, what, who's popping there as far as the backstop for you? I think Carson Kelly is the chalk, right? Um, facing a lefty in cores under 4K. Um, he's the chalk. Um, if I'm paying up, like, I really think I'm paying up for like a JT Arumuto if I'm paying up. Um, he's just such a consistent hitter. And we already talked about like the weather in that game. I really like Philly today. I think they're an interesting stack, but um Travis Darno at 4.8 K against Montgomery is definitely in play um, batting second now. So gets that awesome lineups position. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to mention was Austin Nola. We talked about him a lot yesterday. Um, he should bat fourth or fifth here against Mike Miner. And I like Miner, but uh, Nola has been hitting left-handed pitching ever since we've seen him get called up. Uh, was it last season? So like, I, I think Nola is a really strong catcher play under 4k as well. If you're going to flat out punt it, um, that's my, that's the name of my game, Dean. Like who, who's the minimum price catcher that's playing? Like, I think, I think, you know, who mine is, I think mine's Mike Zanino. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like Zanino profiles really well against Perez. So I, I like that a lot. Perez not going to throw the buy anybody. Zanino with power upside. That's a good one, Dean. There you go. Zanino crushes batting practice. Like, but you know, you get him. <laughs> Like, when you're just throwing the ball up there, the dude destroys it. But, um, you know, when the pitchers are trying to get you out, he swings and misses an awful lot. Uh, we're looking at a guy who strikes out 33% of the time. But like you said, Perez, 18.4% uh, K rate in the last two seasons versus righties. Like, he's probably he's going to strike out, strike out Zeno more than 18% of the time, but Zeno probably strikes out less than 33% of the time versus Perez as opposed to an average pitcher. You got the green monster lurking there. Zanino's probably going to be my cash game catcher. I haven't built it yet, to be honest. I've been busy with other stuff. But uh, in, in my head, if I need some salary savings, that's where I'm going. Of course, like you said, if you have the salary, I mean, how do you not love JT Romuto? I'm okay with Grandal as well, too. We talked about the heat. We talked about, you know, Cobb is worth, worth picking on. And I was digging this before the show, too, like small sample size stuff. But Cobb is like, last two years, I think it's like three homers per nine or something, something like that. It's maybe more. It's a lot. He's given up a lot of home runs. And it's hot. So uh, that Philly side, I think, is a really, really interesting stack. Uh, I don't know how popular they're going to be. I don't know if you have the stack stuff in front of you as far as the ownership stuff in front of you. Again, my computer is driving nuts. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Gary Sanchez, by the way. What happened to Gary Sanchez? Is he done? Or is this just like a, he's going to have a revelation soon? It's just kind of a blip on the radar. I don't think it's that crazy for a power hitter to be striking out a bunch. Like, that could be just a little niche in his swing that, like, he when he starts hitting the ball hard again, you want to be – you know, jumping right back on it. Like JD Martinez is starting to hit the ball hard again. So like jump right back on him. So um, overall ownership for the Phillies is about 6% um, as a stack today. So there you go. That seems low. Am I missing something? What? what I mean, I understand that it's a core slate and you know, Arizona's... 12 games too. Like... Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Arizona is around 14 and a half percent. So like, you know, Really, like, Phillies, we're, we're looking at, like, the third or fourth highest owned stack. All right. So, good segue at first base, and it kind of that's conversation we're having because two of the guys that are popping for me, Christian Walker's 4.6K versus Kyle Freeland, who's an absolute disaster in Coors Field. And then Reese Hoskins, one of those guys who's – I don't want to say he's kind of fallen back from what he was a couple of years ago. We know there's plenty of pop in that bat, but 3.9K for Reese Hoskins, I love that. Uh, if you need to save some salary, uh, just kind of giving you all the ranges here. Mickey Cabrera – I know it's 2020, but Mickey Cabrera is 2.4K on DK. Like, that seems like that's a super punt. There, there's some, uh, if you want to say some opportunity cost at a position, sure, why not? And then Rizzo, if you want to spend up for his pluck code, it just doesn't strike anybody out and contact guy. What's uh, what's popping for you as far as first base? 
I think you, you talk really about, you know, everyone that I wanted to mention, um, you know, Rizzo at the top is probably one of my favorites. Um, you get really good leverage with Matt Olson. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to go there with Bundy, um, Otani, I would probably play more in the outfield, but I do like Otani. I like the angels against fires. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned Hoskins, like, look, like, let's just look at like lineup HQ and look, Dean, there's a little tag there written up by, um, good old, good old Stevie TPFL. I know that guy. Um, right. What does he say? Today. He, he says, play this guy. He's going to home run tonight. Um, but all, all joking aside, like Alex Cobb is semi-reverse splits for like years now. Dean already talked about the home runs that the you know he allows. Hoskins gets on the board with his first home run of the night or first home run of the season tonight. Does so I like him a lot. Zero homers? I didn't know that. Zero homers. He's off to like, but he started to hit at the end of that Atlanta series. And you got to remember, like they played two games against the Marlins and then like was out for like COVID for like a week so like yeah they got they got ready got shut down again got ready again like you know so i don't think it's unusual for the phillies to be a little cold right now um but e5 3.8k on DraftKings going up against alexander we've talked about you know alexander and like how his struggles really over the years has been against lefties uh or against righties so like i think e5 is you know definitely in consideration as well uh, Brousseau is first and uh, second base eligible in DK leading off there for Tampa at 3.3K. It's kind of a super punt. Uh, Jose Martinez, I imagine he's the DH tonight, batting batting fourth. He's a big dude, so it makes sense to me. He's the DH. Plenty of pop in that bat. Righty and, and, and Fenway is kind of interesting. I would say, like, especially Brousseau, there's probably some pinch hit risk there. I'm always concerned about pinch hits. I'm very concerned about it in Arizona, too, which we'll get to as well, like guys like Andrew Young and potentially LaCastro. Uh, a couple guys that may get the hook as well, which is, you know, they do it in the first inning or they do it in their fourth, you know, second or third at bat, not a big deal. But, yeah, I'm a, those at-bats are precious, Stevie. I, I need every at-bat I can get, and I hate giving them up. Nothing tilts me more than my guy getting pinch hit for. Uh, last one I'll give is uh, Eric Thames against the aforementioned uh, Rick Porcello. He is 4-2 on DK, which is going to suppress his price. But I want to say he's like 2-4 or 2-5 on Fandle. And Cheese gave a shout out this one, too. He's been hitting hard. He hit hard hit balls. Uh, not a lot to show for it, but he's a big dude. He's a strong dude, and he's going to hit the ball hard very, very soon, and eventually it's going to work out in his favor. Maybe it happens tonight versus Rick Porcello, former Cy Young winner, Rick Porcello. Keystone position, second base. Open it up. Um, Man, there's so many good plays at second base. You got Jose Altuve, Kettle Marte. Um, you know, we really haven't mentioned um, Houston a lot. Love it. Love Houston in this spot tonight. They're in a great spot um, going up against uh, the soft toss and lefty. So, like, Hera is definitely in play. Like, Clifford's going to start this game, but, you know, the, the guy that's coming in, not anything great. But, like, Jonathan Scope for some value if you want to go down. But, like, Dean, Jake Cronenworth, this guy is just a hitting machine. Eight out of nine games with at least one hit. Um, and, and he's 2.3K. I like stripling. I'm, I'm, I like stripling. I have stripling. Like, but Cronenworth, 2.3, he opens everything up. Everything up. Like, if you want to play Arizona, you want to play Max Scherzer, I I think the opportunity cost is is lower at second base than maybe, like, at a first base or a third base or potentially, like, um, you know, some of these other positions. But it's tough because, like, Kettle Marte, Jose Altuve are in just such great spots. But, like, if you want to go all the way down on this slate, I really like Cronenworth here. He's been hitting ever since he got called up. And, like, this is a dude with massive contact numbers in AAA, too. So I don't need much at 2.3K. You know how, like, uh, people love the new name Chadwick Trump? Uh, yes. I just wish I wish the, the Cronenworths named their kid Chadwick, <laughs> and we had Chadwick Cronenworth. Like, that the most, awesome. like, prep school name yeah. ever. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's not, Jake, it just sounds like a prep school like kid to me for some reason, the name Cronenworth. Uh, he comes from money or something. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you mentioned Altuve at home versus the lefty. It, you know, salary's an issue, sure. Uh, but if he can get there, by all means. And I agree. Houston's probably going to be, I don't want to say lost completely this late, but probably a little bit um, ignored. Uh, we still don't have Springer. So that lineup, of course, takes a big hit. You know, Reddick is about batting in the two-hole. Bregman, Brantley, Guriel, Correa, you can read the rest, Tucker. Maldonado and Miles Straw, which is another fabulous name. Uh, I, here, why, here is pretty but, solid. 
Yeah. Why are they hitting Reddick? Like, that's the only thing I hate about this stack. Like, why is Reddick hitting in the two hole? I know he makes a ton of contact against left handed pitching, but like, <laughs> why is Correa not hitting in the two hole? Like, I know, like, they're all like down on Correa right now, but like, I, I don't know. That you have up- to, managers are trained, they go to training school, manager school, and you have to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, whatever it is. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> And maybe it's something to do with like the new reliever rule where you have to throw to three three batters. I don't know, man. I like just play your best hitters. Like, what's the, the wildest one to me is when I see like David Fletcher. I mean, you you can okay. You have Mike Trout, the greatest player of all time. Like, why would you not want more bats for Mike Trout and say you willingly say I want David Fletcher to hit more times than Mike Trout? Like, how do you say that? Right. I, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> I don't it's know. crazy. Because you know the traditional, you can't. You gotta have a, a contact speedster guy leading. No, you don't. Just play your best hitters. Have them hit the most. All right, moving on. That's the end of my rant. Uh, third base. What do you have in the hot corner? Man, I love Bregman. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay up for him a lot on this slate, but like, he profiles amazing in this spot. Um, to save a little bit of money, I think Chris Bryant is there. Eduardo Escobar is your chalk um, cores type of play. Andrew Young batting leadoff in cores and like he is going to be what a lot lower owned than Escobar. What are we saying? Because Young is leading off and Escobar is batting six. Young is also a guy people just learned his name of like three hours ago. Right. Uh, He did show some power in the minors for what it's worth. They don't know what he's going to be, if he's going to be anything, but he's a leadoff hitter in cores. He's 3.9 K on DK. He's really, really cheap on Fandle, too. I can't remember the price off the dome, but it's really cheap, and he's a cash game staple. There is the potential of him getting the hook if a righty comes in, when a righty comes in. Um, yeah, but you're probably playing one of the two. I don't know. And they're both the same exact price. Well, what do we have as far as ownership? Do we just, we just kind of split it or what? Andrew is 18 and Escobar is 16. Um, that's crazy to me. I thought it was going to be a lot different. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, people prioritize the, the the spot in the you know in the order, but again, in the eighth inning, maybe Young's gone. He he can absolutely get the hook. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, wow, Jed Jerko is batting. Who? Jed Jerko is batting cleanup against a righty in the year twenty twenty. That just hit me. I did not know. <laughs> I mean, I know that Milwaukee lineup is bad, but good lord. And by the way, hey, shout out to Milwaukee. They're leading off Abasiel Garcia, not a traditional leadoff hitter. I respect that. Thank you. Good job, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just trying to field nine guys that can hit the ball. Well, they they got a new guy. Ryan Braun is back. He's playing baseball tonight. Uh, Back from the uh, the IL. But, geez, that lineup is just sort of weak. You can't roster Clifford, obviously. Uh, Yeti Diaz is like a monster. He's dude's jacked. But, like, he doesn't have as much power as you want him to for whatever reason. But I think he's interesting. He's also also been terrible this year, Uh, just for what it's worth. Small sample size, yada, yada. But, uh, Yanny Diaz guy kind of broke out in the beginning last year. I think he got hurt and sort of faded away. But uh, you know, three K better against lefties than righties too. And he's facing Martin Perez in Fenway, which that seems like a good spot to be in when you're good against lefties. It is a good spot. Um, I think he is like if you're wanting to pay down um, at third base, he is the guy. Um, the only other name that I want to throw out there, like I know some people hate like hot streaks and stuff, but like. Nunez from Baltimore, he's crushing the ball. Um, it's a tough matchup against Wheeler. Don't get me wrong, but like this guy is hitting home runs at an alarming rate right now. Um, so like he is someone that if you're playing like one of these like 300k, 100k to first type tournaments, like I have him as a one off on like a couple Fanduel teams that I built earlier. But um, don't know if it'll stick or not with Diaz batting in that two hole. Do you have lineup HQ in front of you? Are you show off to the people right now because I see they're talking in the chat. Uh, what do we have? You talked about the, there's no extremes as far as do we have extreme sort of hitters, umpires, pitchers, umpires, anything sort of pop for you? Um, extreme hitters, umpire, and cores. Uh, oh. Rest is really kind of neutral. What what a place for the extreme hitters, umpire to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just sort of works out like that sometimes. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, and as far as Max, the, there's no extremes. Like I, I don't go overboard in these things, but I, I like to kind of take note of the extremes one by the other. If there's no extremes, who cares? And certain pitchers, it matters for m- more as well for me. Like, I need I need certain guys getting the corners, uh, the yep. wild ones. Uh, shortstop, open it up. 
I think shortstop's an interesting position, right? You have Trevor Story against Gallon, and I said this in expert survey. I guess I'll say it here. Like, I'm fading the Rockies tonight. Like, that's how I'm going to kind of gain some leverage. I respect Gallon. I think Correa and Torres. Like, I feel like Torres is going to be more popular than what we have him at. Um, you know, I don't really see, like, a chalky shortstop. Tim Anderson batting leadoff against Alexander at 4.1. Like, he should be kind of popular here. Um, Nico Goodrum is getting some love across the industry today. He could be popular, but it'd be really interesting to see where like a lot of this ownership kind of falls. But, um, one of my favorite guys is Didi. Um, I think he is a guy we've talked about that game a lot already. Um, so like Didi's a guy that's really standing out to me is that you don't have to go all the way up. You don't go all the way down. And like, he, he just kind of fits that build. Yeah, I mean, I love players leading off on the road, batting, you know, batting first against a terrible pitcher that happened to have some skills. Trey Turner fits the bill across the board, and he's pretty cheap at 4.9K on DK. If I cannot get there, uh, like, you know, that assures, that basically assures you, we talk about that all the time, but just in case people don't know, especially, you know, those seven inning games not worth getting into. But, like, if your team wins 4-1 to one and you're the home team and you're batting eighth or seventh, there's a reasonable chance you only got three at-bats that game. Uh, and if you're, you know, on the road and you're batting leadoff, and your team scores five runs or, you know, puts 10 guys on via walk, via error in total, however you want to say it, uh, minus double plays, you're going to get five at-bats. The difference between five at-bats and three at-bats is so huge. It's all about opportunity. It's not basketball where you can delegate your opportunity. Uh, you know, that's such a massive difference, and that, that factors in so much, especially for cash games for me. Tournaments, I understand, it only takes one swing, and you get there sometimes. Uh, Lindor, shouldn't ignore Lindor against uh, Lester, Jack in the bag potential as well. But uh, what I was getting at is I agree with you on Didi Gregorius. Uh, just against Alice Cobb, his home run tendencies, the weather is popping. Uh, you know, he's got the, the the splits in his favor as well, too. If I cannot get the Turner, I think uh, Gregorius is my guy at shortstop. Anything else that's kind of worth noting here, or shall we jump to the outfield? Uh, we should mention Javi Baez, like, against Plutko. Plutko is not going to really blow the ball by anybody. Baez is a guy that with a bunch of power. Trey Turner is another guy we should mention um, against Porcello. So, um, good hitting weather. Uh, he's been uh, throughout his career. He's been much better against righties than lefties. So um, those are the two guys that I feel like we should at least mention in this spot. Give me some outfielders. Of course, everybody knows Mike Trout is great at baseball. Uh, two banged out two, uh, you know, Trout missiles last night. Uh, Renfro super cheap on DK at three point three K. Cheap on the Fandle as well too. Margos another guy especially cheap on Fandle at like two one. Renfro possible pinch hit risk depending how things go. But I love his power against Perez in this ballpark. Uh, you know, if you have other – oh, uh, Schwarber, you mentioned on Fandos are really strong play at like 2-7. I want to say Hicks is cheap over there too. Uh, Adam it, Eaton's really cheap over there. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's really cheap over there. Like, yep. um bunch of cheap outfielders on Fandle to kind of fill in some cash game plays. Yeah, like if you're building uh, – it sounds like we both are building Scherzer lineups. You're like, how do we make this Scherzer lineup work? Yep, we can get this guy and this guy and this guy. <laughs> I do value tags on Tuesday for lineup HQ. So, like, I looked through FanDuel and DraftKings and Yahoo, like, separately and mm-hmm. was like, wow, there's a lot more value on FanDuel today than there is DraftKings. Um, so, um, I, I feel like Trout is – like, Trout profile is so amazing against Mike Fires. I'm sure there's some BVP in there because they face each other a bunch too. Um, but, like, he is a top overall hitter today. I've already mentioned how much I love Joey Gallo in this spot um, when we were talking earlier. Like, I know it's lefty-lefty, but, like, I get so excited when I see 3% ownership on Joey Gallo on this slate because Marco Gonzalez – is kind of neutral splits and he just doesn't strike people out. So Gallo with a 40% K rate and a 450 ISO, like if he can put the ball in play against Marco Gonzalez, like it's going to be hard contact. So I love him. Sterling Marte. um, I wrote this in expert survey. We like to give stuff out all the time. Arizona Diamondbacks have one home run against left-handed pitching this season, one home run. So like don't they might double or triple their like total number tonight, um, but one home run against left-handed pitching this season. Because some questions in the chat before we step aside and get out of here. We don't know if the roof is open in Texas or not. I'm sure, I want, I'm sure Roth will give us the answer up next. I've premium. looked everywhere to try to find the info, and I can't find any. There's got to be like uh, their official account or something. Normally they would do it so they would tell the people showing up at the game. Obviously there's nobody showing up to the game, so who knows? And 
we saw the other day Arizona had like a pre-planned we're opening it in the fourth inning, which is bizarre too. Um, but it was like 98 degrees outside. Uh, so we don't know. Uh, if I get that information, I'll pass it along to you guys in the chat. Uh, are the Rockies a good leverage play in tournaments with 12 games and people fading? It is interesting because I have the same stand. I'm, I'm, I like the Rockies. I respect the Rockies in cores, but I'm mostly staying away. That's the plan right now. Uh, maybe, I mean, is that where we're seeing low ownership in Colorado as far as the Colorado side? Um, no, they're, they're still going to be like their team ownership is about 7%. Um, so, and, um, so they're saying the roof is closed. Thank Twitter, you, chat. Chat and Twitter and Kevin Roth saying that the roof is closed. So, um, I don't think the Rockies are going to be anywhere close. Um, I don't think they're going to be anywhere close uh, ownership wise today, but, uh, yeah, I think that could they, they could beat me. They could beat anybody. Like they could hit anyone. They hit, um, gallon last year, uh, when he was with the diamondbacks, it was his second start with the diamondbacks. He had to go to cores. So, uh, and they hit him really well. So like, if you want to stack the Rockies, go for it. Like, I don't think anyone will talk you out of it. It's just, you're playing like Limblum and like stripling and like everybody that stacks the Rockies is going to have the same pitchers because that's what you have to do. They're so expensive. It's, it sounds like sour grapes for sure, but I really wish they had that roof closed last night. I'm fairly certain that Lewis ball was not getting out, but whatever. Today, today, today only is this DFS. Uh, give me, give me a couple stacks you like. Oh man. Um, the Cubs love the Cubs, love the Phillies. Arizona, I think, is the top stack point per dollar on the slate. Um, Houston, yeah. By the way, I missed somebody I like, but uh, Juan Soto just looks. Let's acknowledge his existence against Rick Porcello. I like that Washington side uh, and Philadelphia as well too. Let's let's pick on Alex Cobb and Rick Porcello. Why not? Why not? Okay. What's <laughs> <laughs> it? You're not going to hear me ever say don't pick on Alex Cobb. The guy gives up so many home runs. Like and subscribe on the YouTube. That helps us out with the analytics. Must appreciate it. Stay tuned for crunch time. You got Roth. You got, uh, nope, it's not cheese. You got uh, Tuttle. And you have uh, Derek Cardi, creator and curator of the bat. Stevie, anything else for the road? Play Joey Gallo tonight. 